Every single successful person who achieved great things has put at least 10 or 20 years mm -hmm. behind of hard, hard work and dedication. What is up, everybody? My name is Matt Schneider, and this is an inside look with Alex Zuniga. Yep. Clearly, I'm not uh, Bedros. He's out for uh, under the weather. Yeah. And so I have the pleasure of interviewing and chatting with Alex today. He is the founder and CEO of Elite Spartans out of San Jose, California. Alex, That's welcome. Great. Thank you for having me, Matt. Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah. man. Same, same, same. So, Alex, you are somebody that I met probably about uh, a year, year and a half ago um, cool. through the coaching program. Uh -huh. um, so I work at headquarters um, as the um, executive director of uh, franchise development. And so you were coming, I think, to a, um, a coaching day with Bedros. Mm -hmm. um, That's correct. You've been a coaching client with him for quite a while. And one of the things that stood out to me right away with you was um, just that how... Uh, authentic you were in the conversation. Just in passing, um, there's, there was that thing that kind of resonated with you uh, that um, I was like, that guy, <laughs> I don't know what that guy does, but he's a, he's a pretty cool cat, I can tell. And uh, over the last year, we've interacted here and there, and you've been mm -hmm. um, coming to HQ. And so I am really uh, interested in hearing about your story because I looked up a little bit about your journey um, leading up to owning... Uh, elite Spartans, and uh, it's fascinating. So Thank you. you all will hear that Alex has got uh, an accent, and you are not uh, originally from the United States, no, is that I correct? No, I am not, no. W where are you from? I'm originally from Mexico City. From Mexico City, my whole entire family is actually in Mexico City, my siblings, my parents, I'm the only one here. The reason why I stay here is because of my beautiful wife. We met in college. I moved here for college in 2005, and um, Ended up meeting my wife there, and from there, it's just like a, the rest is the, until 2020, we have our first baby now, and we have a successful business and, um, and our house in Willow Glen, yeah. San Jose. San Jose, that's awesome. But, and you're expecting? Yeah, we're expecting our second baby, um, and uh, it's going to be a boy. So uh, we're very excited. We're yeah, very, man. very excited. Yeah, rounded out with the, the boy and the girl. Yeah. You're going to have the full package. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So uh, you went to military school. I went to military school in Mexico City, cool. the most prestigious military school in Mexico City at the age of 13. Tell us so, about that. Um, when I was little, I was very shy. Actually, I was very shy, very... Uh, I remember back in the days, I would like to play with my action figures, and you usually stop playing with action figures around the age of 11, 12, but I remember I was 13, and my dad was like a big guy, big dude, uh, six foot tall, 240 pounds, like a linebacker, big, and especially in Mexico City, he was a big guy, remember, in America, <laughs> that's an average eight, that right? uh, uh, height, uh -huh. but in Mexico, it's just like, uh, it's, um, it, it was pretty intimidating, and he, I remember he several times telling me, hey, why don't you go, when, when are you going to become a man, and just be like a macho, and get in fights, and do everything, and I was very shy, I remember 
in school back in the days, uh, elementary school, I got my ass uh, kicked my butt kick mm -hmm. <laughs> a couple of times. And then he's like, I'm going to make you a man. I'm going to send you to military school. Okay. And then he sent me to military school. And then my family back in Mexico, they uh, they did well. So they owned uh, retail stores back then. Um, and then they pay for a very private, the, the most prestigious uh, military school in Mexico City. Uh, so I did four years at the age of almost 18. I got out of military school. Uh, from a military school, we have the, it's called Heroico Colegio Militar, which is kind of the similar to the Marines here. So okay. you don't have to do the boot camp. If you do more than three years, uh, the military school that I went to, you have direct uh, pass and access to, to that uh, um, college, okay. which is um, the... It's called Heroico Colegio Militar. Back then, my dad said, uh, well, no, I don't want you to be just be in the military, and then what are you gonna do? And now I want you to be successful in business and do that. And at that time, I love everything about military school, everything, sure. the discipline, the, the regimen, the exercise. Uh, I did soccer, boxing, all kinds of sports. So um, I, that's, that's actually when I fell in love with the, with the fitness back okay. then. Awesome. And so you went to military school not because you were a troubled youth and getting in, no, but because opposite. your dad wanted you to be basically a, be a man. A man, a, right. man, a well, real man, a real macho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh -huh. But uh, they were entrepreneurs, it sounds like, as well. Yeah. You, you so my dad owned the retail stores, five retail stores. He had at that time 40 employees. Um, he was very successful, very successful. But then after that, he wanted me to follow that part. And I'm like, you sent me to military school. What do you want me to do now? Like <laughs> now? So I remember having an argument and then they put me out of military school because they were paying, of course, uh -huh. at that time. And they put me through a law school. So <laughs> from there, uh, after military school, I went to law school, three years of law school. Interesting. Interesting. And so then you... Is that when you moved to the United States? No, or? my dad died. So two years later, uh, when I'm in, in uh, law school, my dad died of a heart attack. He okay. was uh, 50, 50 wow. years old. He was a smoker back mm -hmm. then. Uh, didn't exercise that much. And uh, he passed. He passed when oh, he was uh, 50. Then after that, no will. Family started uh, arguing, fighting over the money. And then it was hard for me. So at that time, uh, at some point, I actually wanted to commit suicide. Oh. So when I want to commit suicide, I talked to my mom um, about what was going to happen. Um, I woke up one day, I had a gun, and then considered that in Mexico, guns are legal. So you are mm -hmm. not allowed to have a gun, but I had, the, I had one. Mm -hmm. So wrote a letter to my mom, to my sister, and to my brother saying that I was going to kill myself. And then I woke up the next day with the gun here. I remember when I passed out debating in between if the bullet was going to be here or here or here. So I said, no, here the patella goes out of the way. So I'm going to put it here. In between this, I passed out. But the next morning, I woke up and I started seeing the letters that I had written for my, my sister, my mom, and my brother. So at that time, I knew that I needed help. Um, went to uh, therapy for three years. Um, and then um, my mom decided that the best thing that could happen to me or that I needed to do is just like a move out of the um, move out of the, the country. So okay. uh, when we were little, we used to come to Disneyland, we used to come to the States all the time. But at that time, she said, why don't you apply for a, a university in the States? I, at this point, I dropped out, uh, out of uh, law school. I did three years. And I said, well, either I apply at UCLA or uh, San Jose State. Mm -hmm. So I applied to San Jose State. UCLA didn't get accepted. And I got accepted in uh, San Jose State. 
So okay. I ended up going to San Jose when I was trying to transfer these units out of 49 units that I've taken in Mexico City, mm -hmm. only five were uh, accepted here in America. Obviously, oh, law sure. is completely different. Yeah, sure. Law is completely different in Mexico and uh, versus America, and, uh, and I got to start all over. So I actually didn't even do uh, business. So when I went to San Francisco, I went for business, uh, business administration, but I want to be a journalist. Mm -hmm. So I went, I did two years of journalism. So after two years of journalism, back, the, back, in, the, back in the days, my advisor here in America, she said, hey, why do you want to be a journalist? And I said, I don't know, I just want to like speak the truth and, and go out there and report and there's uh -huh. all these crazy things. And she said, well, journalism is very hard and don't get me wrong, but with your accent, it's going to be <laughs> even harder, right? <laughs> so I said, okay, so what do you, what do you suggest? Was, well, I see you more doing like a business or mm -hmm. sales, you're very talkative. And mm -hmm. I said, well, so, I ended up going for business and I got a degree on business administration. But at that point, I had taken so many units that I ended up getting a minor in communications Okay. at San Jose State University. That's what the Spartans, the mascot at San Jose State is uh, the Spartans. So, and that's what, where I got the, the idea for my business, Elite Spartans. Interesting, interesting. So there's a, there's a lot there. Um, I, and I know that one of the questions that I have and, and um, the, the listeners are going to have as well is uh, you, you got to a really dark place uh, when you were considering suicide, but weren't just considering it. I mean, you were in the active yeah. process of committing suicide yeah. Yeah. and then you passed out. Mm -hmm. Do you have a sense of why you passed out? Was it? I was uh, drinking alcohol, doing a bunch of stuff with uh, not the best friends back then in Mexico yeah. City. Uh, and this is after uh, been padding for three days, man, okay. in my apartment. So your body just, just, just shut gave down, up. right? Yeah, yeah exactly. And I, I don't know. So obviously, after mm -hmm. three days and not sleeping and just padding and drinking, um, passed out. So that's what pretty much when I discovered kind of my mission, mm -hmm. I decided if I was here, it was for a reason. So I kind of, that gave me purpose in life and what I needed to do. Interesting. Well, that, um, uh, you know, uh, people have different takes on divine intervention and, and um, you know, what may have actually taken place there based on how close you were to mm -hmm. actually committing the act. But um, that's uh, what a turning point in your yeah. life, you know, waking up and seeing those letters, having some sleep and some clarity of thought yeah. and, and how that really changed the, the trajectory of your life. And then, you know, being um, vulnerable enough uh, to go out and get counseling mm -hmm. and get help and reach out to help. And so I just really want to commend you on that, you know, as a result of COVID, you know, we're, at, you know, almost a year into this whole COVID <laughs> nonsense. And, um, and, you know, a lot of people are in very dark place. And so there's right. probably uh, a number of people that are um, watching this or listening to this that um, maybe can relate to being in, in such a dark place. And so, you know, Bedros is very transparent when he talks about, you know, the years of counseling that he, um, you know, invested into himself to become, mm -hmm. you know, uh, more self-aware and a better leader and a better husband and father. And, mm -hmm. um, and I just think there's a lot of power in that. And I, and I really hope that we're turning a corner of, of people seeing going to counseling and asking others for help as a, you know, move away from that being a sign of weakness. Um, so I just really want to commend you on that. And, and um, you know, as we kind of fast forward, um, you've changed and impacted a number of lives. Yeah, and uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, kind of jumping into that with you. But, um, 
you, uh, you found yourself in, in the United States. You had a lot of different peers and mentors along the way, it mm -hmm. sounds like, and, and really became very well-rounded. Um, and so you, you landed in the San Jose area. Mm -hmm. And then in 2012, you opened um, Elite, Spartans. Elite Spartans. But before that, it sounds like you were in parks and you were kind of doing boot camps and mm -hmm. almost a, a similar start in roots as Fit Body Boot Camp has. Yeah, yeah. So that. that started up. So when I was going to San Jose State, I ended up qualifying for the track and field team at that time. So I was playing soccer for almost 20 years. Luckily, I was fast enough to uh, do some track and field here in San Jose State. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I'm almost 28. So I'm, I'm getting older. But then I qualified for 100 meters and 200 meters. And I'm like, OK, I guess I'm not that old. I can, I can still run, right? Mm -hmm. um, because of that, uh, one of my friends, one of my uh, classmates, he said, hey, uh, it seems like you're good at sales. At that time, I was doing retail. So one of my first jobs here, it was uh, doing retail, one of these big retail stores selling suits and, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, tuxedos and wedding suits here. So I, I was good at sales. Um, and then that's exactly actually what, how I grew up in Mexico City. He said, have you ever considered selling uh, memberships, uh, gym memberships? And I'm like, no idea about gym membership. <laughs> I never done that, but I'm sure I can learn. Sure. And it's like the only thing they pay more with commission and everything. So back in the days, I was uh, part of this uh, big franchise. that uh, went out of business, Bali Total Fitness. Mm -hmm. So I started in 2007, got hired as a um, sales rep at Bali Total Fitness, uh, doing the call calling every day, some memberships, taking care of walk-ins. And then I, I got really good at it. So one year later, uh, they promoted me as assistant sales manager. And I just want to make more money because obviously at this point I'm getting older and my family, they were helping me with the tuition mm -hmm. with my school, but I wanted to make more money. I'm like, how can I make more money? And they said, well, you can start on top of the selling membership. You can start selling personal training, right? So I became really good at selling personal training and I had to learn about personal training. And I said, how can I make more money? So it's like, well, now you're selling memberships, you are selling uh, personal training, maybe you can get your certification and then you can, um, you can uh, start training clients, right? So at this point, two years later, I used to go to Mexico three to four times a year. So on one of my trips in Mexico, uh, I'm visiting my friends and my family uh, and getting out of uh, one nightclub that night. I'm sitting in the back of this car and I got rear-ended by a drunk driver 70 miles per hour. Holy so smokes. That put me in a wheelchair for probably three to four months. Um, and then I have multiple severe back injuries. Uh, I was in coma for a day. Uh, and a couple of doctors, they told me, you need a surgery and we don't know if you ever are going to be able to uh, walk normal again. Oh, wow. uh, because of all the exercise, all the muscles that I have built over the years, playing soccer and being very active, mm -hmm. um, I was able to recover, but that took me almost two years. Mm -hmm. So for me, playing soccer 20 years and then being in track and field and doing all this stuff to get into the point where I was in a wheelchair and I couldn't walk, it was devastating. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I learned a lot. I had to do uh, three years of physical therapy here in the States, okay. um, doing physical therapy and being part of uh, this uh, big box gym, selling memberships and getting personal training. I fall in love with the personal training and, and that taught me 
this part of my life taught me one thing that is very important connected to fitness is the mindset, mm -hmm. right? So many people, when you start getting out of shape, when you start not feeling well about your body, it affects you mentally a lot, mm -hmm. right? So, and then vice versa, when you start feeling good, achieving your fitness goals and looking the way you want, you mentally, you become stronger. So mm -hmm. at that point, I started, uh, I put two and two together. And I'm telling you, this is no nothing like an Instagram or Facebook right now. I'm telling you about 2010, like about 10 years ago sure, where yeah. you have to read books, you mm -hmm. have to do YouTube videos and stuff like that. The social media was nothing back then. Right. The only thing it was there was Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. But nothing. It was just to connect with friends and family. Uh, so I fell in love with that. I got very passionate and I started helping people about back injuries, helping them to lose weight. At this point, fast forward two years later, I got promoted as a general manager of that club, right? Okay. So as a general manager out of 12 uh, different facilities in, in San Jose, in the Bay Area, not in San Jose, we have different, the corporation had different facilities. Uh, I got really good at it and I became number one in sales. Got a lot of awards, sales, uh, 12 months in a row being number one of a general manager out of 12 clubs. So I started getting very confident. Mm -hmm. uh, and unfortunately in 2012, the company went out of business and one day they came, they gave me my last check and they said, well, I'm sorry, but that's it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know what to do. I was dating my wife at this point. I have been dating my wife for almost a year. And obviously in a year, I couldn't make that decision. I, I didn't know after a year, you don't know if this is the person for the rest of your life. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind sure, of good, we sure, like each yeah. other. Mm -hmm. uh, my family was there and they said, well, what do, you, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I think I'm really good at business. I can, I can start from scratch. I can um, give it a shot and try to build my business. Uh, but I want to be honest with you. I remember this conversation very vivid with my wife. If, I, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to move back to, to Mexico City. My family, they do well over there. I'm sure they are, I can find a good job. With, this is your uh, girlfriend at the time. This is my girlfriend right. at that yeah. time, which is now my wife, uh -huh. right? Um, she's like, well, thank you for being honest. Let's, uh, let's see what we can do together. She was a high school teacher at that time. Okay. Um, and then we started the journey together. She was my number one supporter. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we started building the company. I founded Elite Spartans in 2012, but Elite Spartans started at the park. So every Saturday and Sunday, training people, doing boot camps uh, from one class and then grew up to two classes, to three classes, to six classes over the weekend. And then I started, uh, I didn't have any facility or anything. Mm -hmm. So I started training clients in my apartment complex. At that time, my apartment complex uh, had a gym obviously mm -hmm. and um, and I started training neighbors and I started training friends and at some point I'm training almost 20 of my neighbors and including the manager at, that, at my apartment complex so I didn't get in trouble mm -hmm. kind of because I was training her mm -hmm. uh, so the business started growing uh, and then Fast forward in 2014, I hear about Bedros, right? So, cause then that's when Bedros uh, come to my life. Um, I was very hard worker. I, I think I was very smart back mm -hmm. then. And, but I needed something, something in how to scale my business from that successful training at the park and how to, uh, how to be training clients and making okay money at that time to build a franchise, to mm -hmm. just uh, build a, a brand and mm -hmm. a name and how to build teams and how to do the numbers and how to just like uh, scale the, the elite Spartans at the next level. Mm -hmm. So I remember hiring, I met him in 2014, but in between being a little bit skeptical, so I'm like, I don't know if this guy really is going to deliver and uh, obviously not having the money because at that time, the mastermind, the, it was uh, expensive. Mm -hmm. um, it was uh, thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm like, no, I'm going to wait. 
I waited for almost another year and I went to another conference, one of his conference, uh, the um, Fitness Summit. Business uh, Summit, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I, I attended the 2015. And then 2015, after he was, it was like a two-day event or three-day event, I don't remember. Uh, and after this two or three day event, um, I got so much information out of that and the speakers uh, who were there that I am like, this guy is, uh, is a real shot. So mm -hmm. I definitely, I need to sign up. I didn't have the money still, I didn't have the money. My wife wasn't with me, but I called her that day and I said, baby, I need to sign up for this. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, make sure you're not getting sold or something. Come on, that's super right. expensive. Right, right. Um, so I hired Bedros uh, as a coach, as a business coach in 2015. And I couldn't actually, I was part of this, um, uh, the, the mastermind for a year without having a facility. So okay. it was kind of crazy. 12 months later, three, four, five months later, my wife is telling me, well, you, you're paying this much money and your business is kind of growing, but it's not growing at the point, at the, the, the way that he described that he was gonna grow, that it was gonna grow. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? And I have, you can imagine, you're married, right? So yeah, your married. wife being on your ear like, sure. uh, are you sure this is gonna work out? Well, I don't see that in your bank account. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm working as hard as I can. Yeah. And then I'm like, no, I need to hire an employee and then I need to hire another trainer and I need to find my own facility. Uh, at this point, 2015, I'm subleasing because obviously I couldn't afford my own facility. So I was subleasing in a small small studio, small gym in uh, San Jose as well. Uh, and that's when I started growing. He gave me the tools, the systems, and he put a lot of pressure on me. As a coach, he was hard. He yeah. was hard. I remember uh, one of the, the mastermind, it was uh, every, every three months. And I think after the third one or the fourth one, which is um, a year later, uh, he started putting pressures like, Alex, you've been here for like a 10, 12 months, man, and where's your facility? And literally during this time, I had two facilities that in the middle of the LO, LOI, the letter of intent, mm -hmm. um, it didn't go through. So it just fell out. The, one time the, the owner cost me to my wife and I, and then the second one, the second landlord didn't want to do the tenant improvement. So I'm like, Bedros, I've been telling you everything. And in front of like 20 people, we used to have the day that is a hot seat when yeah, we sure. talk about your business, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. He rusted my butt at that time. It's like, well, what if I have a gun in front of you and I tell you in 30 days, you don't find a location, I'm gonna shoot you. Do you think you're gonna find it? And I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I can. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> that was true, man. Like uh, coming back from that, from that trip from San Diego, uh, my wife, um, my drive came with me. We drove back. She found this location in San Jose, and it was very expensive. So back in the days, my budget was in between three thousand to five thousand at the most uh, mm -hmm. to just pay for rent, just for rent. Mm -hmm. And this location was almost ten grand. And I'm like, baby, that's impossible. And then that, on top of that to just work with this location and then just to fill out our clients. I need so many clients, I need so many employees. Mm -hmm. And this is like when I don't know anything, this is like a five years ago where I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. But yeah. then he put so much pressure and then his confidence and the tools that I have learned at that point after a year, uh, I felt confident and I was like, okay, so let's let's do it. So. Year later, sign up the lease, uh, and then the last four years has been has been just constantly growing. At some point, in 2017, the company grew 900 percent. Yeah, man, that's uh, so incredible. it was. Uh, that's that's my that's the, the beginning of Elite Spartans. Yeah, that's yeah. that's awesome. Well, you know, uh, 
there, there's so many uh, really important nuggets in there for people and, and not just for not just for those of you that are in the fitness world and in the you know gym owners uh, but all entrepreneurs uh, you know at the end of the day um, being an entrepreneur is tough <laughs> and it you know you have to be many things um, and I think that that one of the 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 best things that that somebody can do is is attach themselves to a coach, but not just a coach, somebody who will hold them accountable and will give them tough, you know, tough love, uh, yeah. tough love, and say, hey, if you gun to your head, if you had to make a decision, if this yeah. had to get done in thirty days or else, could you do it? And 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 force you into that those uncomfortable places. I met Bedros in twenty. 17 when I owned um, Ford Movement. You and I were talking before yeah, the yeah, show yeah, started yeah, about yeah. how yeah. our logo um, was a Spartan yeah, as well. Spartan. And uh, many people, you know, they gravitate towards that because of the um, the ethos and what they stood for and, and how, you know, they worked as a team and um, and what they accomplished and, and many um, things about the, you know, the Spartans um, as warriors and uh, what they accomplished. And, and um, so when Bedros came through, um, I had never heard of him before. I'd never heard of Fit Body Bootcamp before. He was up there for, I believe it was a, uh, a ClickFunnels uh, mastermind or event of some sort with uh, Russell Brunson. And and he came rolling in with um, Sean Whalen from Lions Not Sheep uh -huh. and uh, mm -hmm. Randy Garn and, and, and a few others. And I'd never heard of, of Bedros. Uh, Bedros and, um, uh, and, but there was something about him. There was, you know, there was all clearly. I, what I knew is these guys flew in a in a private jet uh -huh. to come up for this event. Uh -huh. Bunch uh, of big rollers. Uh -huh. big, they were, they were, yeah, they were big, uh -huh. um, big players. Big but uh, uh -huh. um, that doesn't that didn't really do much for me. That in and of itself. But when Bedros was was there, there was something very authentic about him and very, um, very self aware and very confident and um, and something that. Um, that uh, is very important in this whole thing and that you have as well, which is this, this element of being a, you know, having moral authority and um, somebody who is, who is a servant leader and is truly looks out for the, the best interest of others and really it, it takes it very personal to help others um, you know, elevate. And so you know, I see a lot of similar, similarities in, in, in there and um, between you two and, and so, I started following Bedros, and, and then I became to learn of the, the you know his mastermind and his coaching programs, and um, and it wasn't too long after that to where I started asking him like, hey, wh what might it look like for me to join your team? I just found that I really wanted to attach myself to him, but uh -huh. from my perspective, it was from um, you know to to join his team. And in your circumstance, you already knew what you want to do. You yep. already had Elite Spartans going. Uh -huh. um, you were looking to collapse the distance between where you were at and where you wanted to exactly. be. Exactly. And so he became became that that um, conduit that, for you. Uh -huh. um, so you, first of all, why, why, why uh, Elite Spartans for you? I'm curious. Why Elite Spartans? As I said before, the name, the idea came from uh, San Jose State. The mascot is the Spartans, right? Mm -hmm. But when I got let go and I want to start my business, when I was going to college, I was working for this big box gym. Um, my nickname was the Spartan mm -hmm. because they call you, if you are going to San Jose State, what's up, Spartan? What's up, Spartan? Mm -hmm. So I got let go as okay. the Spartan, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then I wanted to make something out of that. I'm like, okay. So I got into the culture. I started reading the books, the culture, the ethos, what they stand for, mm -hmm. like, 
like uh, the whole entire culture at the same time the 300 movie at that time it was right. 2008 or something yeah. 2007 so i fell in love with the culture yeah. uh and i'm like i want to do something very very similar but something that is elite something that is different mm -hmm. so i said how about elite spartans mm -hmm. right so the elite of the elite which the spartans are already the the, yeah. the finest warriors in in history right? yeah so i'm like okay so elite spartans and then that's how i registered the name got my license and i went through that that right yeah. so yeah. that's awesome and you've done a phenomenal job of branding that and yeah. uh, you know 900 percent growth in 2017 that's yeah. incredible yeah um so help help um help the viewers understand what what it takes to be able to to go from a place where you had a three to five thousand dollar budget to you know for rent to ten thousand dollars and needing a team into growing a business because that's exponential growth and that takes a tremendous amount of um, leadership and um, you know accountability and you you had some coaching so what did that process look like and, and how did you manage the growth and um, what lessons did you learn along the way and tell us about that well that's a, that's a great question <laughs> that's a that's a great question I think the main thing will be mindset right which is something that I learned from Bedros, right? A lot of people nowadays, they have the scarcity mindset, right? Mm -hmm. They want the secret pill, the, oh, this mentor. There's so many out there that they say they're the gurus of the mentors. Now everyone is a mentor, right? We just see <laughs> yeah, sure. that like on yeah, a daily yeah. basis, mentor, mentor. I'm like, mm -hmm. sure. you've never done anything, right? Yeah. Uh, but people want to do achieve things nowadays the easiest way, mm -hmm. especially with the social media and then everything that so-called mentor that, oh, I'll make you rich and I make you, I'll give you what you want in six months or a year. So number one is, I don't think that's gonna happen. I've never seen it before. Every single successful person who achieved great things has put at least 10 or 20 years mm -hmm. behind of hard, hard work and dedication. Mm -hmm. uh, that's some of the things that I learned from my parents, uh, being a hard worker and being very dedicated at something. But with Bedros is just to shape that mindset, right? I had goals. I remember having my first, uh, my first conversation with Bedros one-on-one -on -one when I met him at this uh, um, convention, uh, one of his uh, uh, fitness uh, business summit, uh, I was having a conversation like this and he said, what do you want to be, uh, what do you want to build your business? What, what, what's your passion? And I said, well, I'm in the fitness industry. I'm a really good trainer. I have my secret, my secret uh, formula. You know, every trainer out there, they think they're the best and they have the secret formula. <laughs> sure. Like Alex, just, just let's go straight to the point why. Like what he helped me to find my why. Mm. And I said, well, just, I want to help people. I, I've been through this and I've been through that. And he said, well, you have a great story, but if you want to put the time and effort, I can help you. But if you want to, if no, I don't want to waste your time. And don't, pretty much he told me, don't waste my time, sure. right? And I'm like, oh, he's telling me, don't waste my time on top of all the money that I have to pay. Mm -hmm. uh, and he helped me to shape that, uh, just to get that idea and how to, how to serve my community. He, I went from from trying to make five to $10,000 a month in income. So it's like, you know what? Don't worry about the income. If you really deliver what you want to deliver, if you build a good team and if you build a good community, man, everything is going to come 10 times mm -hmm. fold. So, mm -hmm. Why don't you just focus on that? And then I'm like, okay. So pretty much he helped me actually to find my identity 
in the industry. Mm -hmm. uh, went from there, um, he started giving me all the tools. Uh, he's like, it's gonna take a lot of work, but then do this, do this, do that. And one of the things that uh, military helped me is the discipline, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what it is, you just have to get it done. Even yeah. if at some point it looks like you are not going uh, anywhere. Mm -hmm. And with my wife saying like, well, we're paying so much money and then the business is not growing as much as you say it was gonna grow. Um, the discipline is pretty much what helped me. He helped me with the mindset. I put the work in and then almost uh, 10 years, uh, we're going in eight, nine years this uh, March uh, mm -hmm. 2021. It's going to be nine years of elite Spartans. Yeah. Um, and But it definitely, definitely is because of I've hired as a mentor. So mm -hmm. if I can say something to the camera, to your viewers, um, it is get a mentor so just definitely get a mentor who's done the work not the one who says i'm a mentor i'm gonna yeah. be your coach so yeah. someone who's been in the trenches someone who's been doing it and failing because he has big failures too mm -hmm. and then he has recovered from that and mm -hmm. then he keeps growing and learning and building awesome teams like you're part of his team and mm -hmm. that dude i admire you we'll, we'll chat here and there in social yeah. media and you're a great guy and then he taught me how to put teams together how mm -hmm. to be a servant how to be a leader mm -hmm. uh i i can tell you like uh, hundreds of stories with uh, about Bedros and how do I, how much I grow with uh, with uh, his leadership and his mentorship. There's there's really no question how significant and important it is to um, have a mentor and have a coach. And you know, n nobody's built anything of real significance by themselves, right? I mean, you know, it takes a team and it takes. Um, you know, unifying yourself and 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 linking yourself up with others who, who, you know, have been where you are and they they are now where you want to be, um, because we know that when it comes to leadership, there you never arrive, right? There's there's it's, it's always a, we're always progressing, or we should always be we try to progress, and so, um, you know, the goal is that we can someday be able to be that coach and that mentor uh, from somebody else who is looking to get to where we are. Uh, but that progression is always there. Um, but I mean, there is really something to be said about, um, you know, having, having a strong team around you and investing in yourself. You, you as the leader, um, you know, have, have spent a tremendous amount of time and energy and money investing in your continued development, which then allows you to go back and lead your team more effectively, more efficiently, which then allows you to serve more people and to um, change more lives and, you know, make more money, which then allows you to donate more and offer more and, um, and serve more. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, now that we are, you know, what, what are we nine months into this whole COVID uh, <laughs> thing where, you know, business has been shut down, leadership and um, being an effective leader and the lessons that you have been learning all along the way over the last few years from Bedros and, and other mentors and coaches that you've had is more um, significant now than it's probably ever been before. So you spent all these years, all this time, and energy and money pouring your heart and soul into developing yeah. Elite Spartans, grew at 900% by executing on the coaching and mentorship you were given and then COVID hits. And you are a uh, California-based company, the same way Fit Body Bootcamp mm -hmm. is, and um, and so it's already challenging enough to be a California-based company because of the taxes the tax. and the regulations <laughs> uh -huh. and, the, and the things, Correct. right? And then uh -huh. you you add in COVID, and COVID is not unique to California. It's I mean, obviously the entire world is is dealing with it, but not everywhere around the country and the world are dealing with it the same. Um, California 
is is doing what California oftentimes does, and it's it's locking down things as tight as they possibly can in every area they can. Um, and so I'm curious, the the when we were told um, to to close down, two um, weeks. you were two weeks. You were given two weeks, or originally, you closed for two weeks? Yeah, no. Originally, that was the shutdown, right? We were told that we were right, going to be flat the curve. Down. Yeah, flat yeah. the curve. We got it. You know, stop the spread, yeah. and um, and it's a two week thing, and that obviously turned into a much different uh, story. So, uh -huh. um, how have you handled it with uh, with Elite Spartans? Well, at the beginning, uh, just uh, going back to, just to answer your question, at the beginning, as any other business, uh, any other person in, in the world, right? So when you hear about the virus and there's uh, a very lethal virus, you, uh, you're trying to comply, right? Mm -hmm. You shut down, you just uh, gotta wait for those two weeks and then see what happened. You hear the hospitals are, uh, are uh, just like a flutter with new cases and more people getting sick. So at the beginning, obviously, I was like a worry, maybe scared, like, oh my God, like mm -hmm. what's gonna happen? We need to comply, right? But then those two weeks turn into two months, right? And then there's more data available and more information available. The real data, the CDC, the, the information that is being provided by the health organizations and worldwide, not by the news, right? Because it's a right. big discrepancy in between right. the news and the real data, right? So at this point, I started doing uh, just personal training um, um, uh, closed doors. So at that point, I'm like, what am I going to do? How do I uh, support my employees? So right when we got shut down, middle of March, all my employees when I have almost 20 employees. So 18 out of those um, uh, 20 were in uh, un unemployment, of mm -hmm. course. I gotta protect the assets of the company. I was mm -hmm. like, let's wait for the new order and see what happened. Only person that didn't uh, got unemployment is my right-hand person, my general manager and my, my head coach, which we, I needed a person to continue training uh, classes. We, we offer classes in my facility and personal training, right? So classes were shut down as well. Uh, and the more information we're getting, the more things started kind of making sense, but didn't make sense, right? So it's like, okay, so how can you tell me that I can not have one-on-one -on -one client personal training, but you have 200 people down the street at Costco, what into going to Costco? Then you have Walmart, or you have Home Depot, or you have Target, and and I cannot the open my business. Like, oh, the marijuana dispensers, yeah. right? It's like at that. I'm sorry, but that doesn't make any sense, right? And for me, uh, you are an American, you were born and raised here. For me as an immigrant, before when you move to this country legally, there's a lot of regulations and a lot of things that you gotta follow. From your mm -hmm. vaccines, from speaking 80%, when you move legally to the America, right. you have to speak at least 80%, you have to pass the TOEFL, which is the international test for uh, tests, uh, for uh, English, okay. uh, English speakers, right? So pass the test, you gotta do everything legal, you have to learn how to respect the law. The law is not like in our countries where you can bribe a cop if you get pulled over. Uh, the law here is the law. You learn how to, when you pull over, how to put your hands, how what to do that, mm -hmm. how to speak to the officers, how to respect the law. Literally, as an immigrant, you really, they teach you how to respect the law. So you have to understand that with my mentality, coming as an immigrant and knowing that the law is everything, but trying to go against that, like mm -hmm. a, the county, then down the road a few months later, I'm like, what is the county? It's, it's not the law, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's two different things. Uh, 
I start getting more involved about first amendment, second amendment, like uh, what does this mean? Like am I in the wrong for trying to do help people? Because I really believe in health and fitness and that's the main weapon to stay healthy and to fight COVID, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, I said I went through uh, like a very, very complicated process and what do I do? Having my wife, she's like, are you gonna open and you can lose your license and a lot of things can happen to your business. So you better be careful, right? Mm -hmm. But then, more of these shutdowns get happening. So that, those two weeks became like a three months or four months and they started getting to the point where my employees start getting, running out of unemployment, right? right? So right. they start yeah. running out of unemployment and as a business owner, as a leader, I feel responsible for that, right? Many people may not feel the same way, may not agree with me, but if I have you as my employee and you trust me, you've been working for me for two, three, four years and and now I can tell you, I'm sorry, but I can provide any job. You run out of unemployment. I felt very responsible. Like sure. I felt very responsible and I felt like I needed to do something. So I said, you know what? I read at this point, I was very well informed. And I said, what we're going to do is a civil disobedience. Uh, we're not breaking the law because I don't want to break the law, mm -hmm. right? But this is a civil disobedience. Uh, I'm willing to take my chances in order to support my employees and support their families because they have car payments, house payments, mortgage payments, rent, everything, right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so I need to go in that direction. So I started, uh, my mentality started changing about June, July, and I just went very um, in this mode of uh, civil disobedience. Uh, then I started reading more, and then at this point, there's no one single case of people getting COVID at the gym, right? So there are, the, the most cases are, number one is that the probabilities are like a less than 1% that you die if you mm -hmm. get COVID. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, it's either that I take my chances of getting COVID or so supporting my 10 or 12 employees who run out of unemployment and they're begging me to do something. And don't get me wrong, I complied at the very beginning, Matt. We went online training, mm -hmm. uh, virtual classes, virtual PT, uh, we develop an app, so we have an app with videos and a daily basis. We're uploading videos three times a day, but that wasn't enough for my people, right? And I have six full-timers and 14 part-timers. And what do I do? I felt responsible. So I went to this uh, route when I started uh, doing uh, uh, the civil disobedience. Um, and then, then we were able to open, and I believe it was July for one day or two days, and then we shut down again, and then we were able to open for 10%, mm -hmm. and then we we're able to open for 25% and by November, and then by November, when you're allowed to be open by 25%, then again, another shutdown, right? Which in the third shutdown, this the, the second, which is the one that we, are, we currently are, mm -hmm. uh, we didn't have any, uh, we, they didn't have any data. It was just like uh, the news saying people are dying, people are doing this. And the, COVID, the, the, the virus is real. The right. virus don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think the virus doesn't exist. It right. does and it's killing people, but it's obviously we have people with precondition, right? Mm -hmm. People who have certain uh, illness and certain age. So I, I try to uh, educate people and said, hey, don't watch the news. If you want to know about the, the probabilities, you want to know the real numbers, just go to the CDC and then look and then do your research and do your homework. Mm -hmm. Don't watch TV because nowadays, I don't watch the news, but if you yes. watch the news, you're gonna see all kinds of stuff that yeah. is not true, right? Yeah. At the same time, let's keep in mind that our governor, right? He's telling you, oh, the virus mm. is, is, is very, it's a deadly virus and we gotta shut down. And he's shutting down businesses, he's shutting down wineries, he's shutting down, but he's not shutting down his wineries, right? Yeah. His wineries are, there wasn't COVID in that county, huh? 
coincidental that there he didn't mm. he shut down a lot of wineries around but now he's at the same time he's telling you to stay at home to practice uh social distancing to not do that and he's in the french laundry having mm. dinner with uh eight or ten people right so the hypocrisy and then all these things i'm like you know what just uh I'm gonna take my chances, and if I have to pay, we've been fine. We've been shut down. We've been warned by the county uh, complier officers. Uh, they gave me a five thousand dollar fee that if I have to pay, I'll pay. I'm gonna fight it. So obviously, if I have to go to court, the same way that those two strip clubs in uh, San Diego did, and then they won. So I'm gonna do the same, right? And if I have to pay, I'll have to pay. But at least I I'm doing something that I strongly believe, which is health and fitness help people, help my community, and help my employees. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, and that's, that is a, a, uh, it's a significant um, feeling of responsibility that entrepreneurs feel when it comes to having a team that they employ, and that team relies on that paycheck to provide for their family, exactly. to keep their own heat on, you know, in the middle of winter, and to put food on the table, and, um, you know, and, and when you're the one on the very top of, of the, uh, of the um, food chain per se, as the, as the CEO and the founder and leader of the company, that's, that's a real heavy burden. And when you're looking at the statistics and the CDC is, is showing, there is less than 1% that, yeah. that if you get this thing, you're gonna die. It's interesting. We see a transition from the very beginning when they talk about deaths and, and they're, they're counting the deaths, right? And they're putting that out there. But now all we're talking about is cases. Mm -hmm. uh, so all, they, all they're reporting on is, is the number of cases. Where did the, and, and, the curve went, right? Where did that go? Yeah, right. it, it, it virtually disappeared. Yeah. And, um, and we recognize that the virus is real. We mm -hmm. recognize that you know, it's easily transmittable. And, mm -hmm. and, um, but we also recognize that if you get it, there's a less than 1% chance that it's going to kill you. In my own household, my wife, um, who's a personal trainer, she tested positive um, for, for COVID. Just prior to that, about a week prior to that, I had taken a test and was negative. Um, she took a test when she was starting to feel some symptoms. She, she um, was feeling fatigue and then when she lost smell, she took a test and sure enough, it came back positive. So. Her and I and our 11-year-old son, we quarantined at home. Mm -hmm. um, we, we spent the two weeks, the symptoms went away, and um, her and I went and got tested again. again. Huh. And she was negative, I was still negative. We didn't do anything different, different. in the house. We lived in the house, we, we, we didn't change anything about what was mm -hmm. going on in the house. I was negative before, I was negative after. All that to be said is, is we recognize that people are mm -hmm. getting this thing. Uh, we recognize that people are, are dying from this thing. But we also, I think, have an overwhelming silent majority of people who who understand that we do have to get back to work we do have to allow business owners like yourself and bedros and and, and all these others to um to serve their communities and to serve their clients and uh, especially you know when we're in the in the industry of helping people get fitter right yeah. and healthier and um, we understand that the virus is not uh, compromising people who are otherwise healthy. Um, so you got a five thousand dollar fine. Mm -hmm. You're trying to you're trying to to, to um, run your business uh -huh. based on the data, uh -huh. not based not on what on the, the hypocritical exactly. governor is mm -hmm. is doing and saying, uh -huh. but based off the data. And um, and county officials come to your door and 
and they Calling lock it up day, and they, twice a day. they give you a five thousand dollar thing. So that it's yeah. yet to be seen as to how that shakes out. But you're certainly not a, not alone. There was a there was a big victory in New York, uh, and um, and so we're starting to see these cases that are being filed uh, make their way through the courts, and case law is going to to start to happen. And so there's there's reason for entrepreneurs and 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 people who need to desperately get back to work so that they can pay their bills and not risk eviction and and homelessness and you know people who are in a very dark place that like you once were and considering and suicide i mean our suicide rates are through the roof Spire. alcoholism and drug use are through the roof um you know marital spousal abuse is is this is, is going up everything is going like a, yeah everything is going up all those cases suicide rate uh depression, uh, I think uh, home abuse, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so many things, so many things. And so we're all looking forward to, to getting back at it. Um, so kind of looking ahead, and we're, it's the end of the year, where mm -hmm. tomorrow is the last day of 2020. And, <laughs> and I have a feeling that come January 1st, 2021, uh, there's not going to be this magical experience that happens when we all wake up and, no. and this whole thing is, is gone. And, um, and and we're going to be dealing this with, uh, you know, for the next um, probably several months. You know, the last reports I saw now that the vaccine starting to roll out is it could be, you know, um, to fall of 2021 before things are normalizing. Third again. quarter. Uh -huh. So what's what's your plan? How, how are you going to handle that? I'm with you. So it is uh, one day to, uh, before 2021. And I don't think a lot of things are going to change, to be honest with you. Uh, we're going to continue first day set in California, January 4th, then January 7th. Um, I'm, unfortunately, I don't think that January 27 is going to be the day when we reopen the economy. Mm -hmm. I believe it's going to, they're going to say from January 27 to another two or three weeks. And then when they reopen the economy, it's going to be at a 10% or 25%, which is, doesn't make any sense when 10% or 25% to any restaurant owner, any hair salon owner, any gym owner mm -hmm. uh, can open. But Costco, Walmart, Target, Home Depot, all these things are like uh, open and the mall is open. So there's those things that don't make sense. And I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think that is going to change. So for me, my plan is just keep working hard, like uh, following the rules, like the six, the, the six, uh, feet apart social distancing at our studio complying with all the uh disinfecting equipment uh, uh checking temperatures for every single person who comes through our doors including employees uh continue doing that but at the same time as a business owner just being resilient man like it just uh just kind of continue pushing and having that mindset that this is not going to stop uh anytime soon i don't think even with the vaccine right i hope i'm wrong but mm -hmm. you know you you would agree with me uh there's this thing that i think a lot of things are killing businesses is the mentality right there was a study uh, a few years ago about a people i don't know if you know about this they put on a treadmill and they told on a treadmill that they went they were going to run certain amount of a certain distance mm -hmm. right five miles six miles and there was another group of people that they put on this treadmill and they just tell them to keep running and 
and they didn't know uh, how long they were going to be running, mm -hmm. right? So in this study, you can Google it. Uh, in this study, the people who gave up first and who got out the treadmill is the people who didn't know how long they were going to be running, right? They and got this off is, first. They got off first. Uh -huh. They got off of the treadmill. Okay. And the reason why is because they didn't know, and that obviously messed up with your head mm -hmm. and, and the mindset, right? As of these people who were even tired and exhausted and running six, seven miles, when they knew there was a deadline and they were going to make it, they were fine. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what is happening in society right now in our economy. The people, they keep telling you, oh, you're going to be open first March, uh, two weeks, right? And then June, then July, then January, November. Now we are the day is January 7th, right? And in January 7th, then again, what's going to happen? Every time you keep changing these deadlines, yes. uh, people keep getting more losing hope, man. And that's something that is affecting a lot of people. It's killing the economy. A lot of business owners are definitely shutting down the doors for good. Uh, and, and there's something that needs to change. So what I will say, but we're very resilient. My team, I have a great team as well. I have a, an awesome team and I'm lucky to have that team. Uh, just be resilient. Mm -hmm. Just keep keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I'm not saying do what I'm doing, which is a civil disobedience, but I'm sure like in those cases in New York, those cases in San Diego, the more cases are out there, yeah. the more people are uh, putting the fight out there and standing for what they believe is right and just doing the right thing, which is like, I'm helping people, right? Uh, I'm doing the right thing, which is like a fighting for the livelihood of my family and my employees. If you we see more cases like this, uh, probably things are gonna change faster. What I mean is like, they can reopen the economy and we can move faster into the, um, getting out of this kind of recession, because it's gonna be hard, man. Yeah. It's gonna be hard. So once we reopen, things are not gonna change magically. So mm -hmm. a lot of business got shut down. A lot of people, they're still going to be afraid and skeptical to go out there and then just to work out or just to eat outside. So it's going to be hard, man. So that's that's my my belief. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you hit it right on the head that we we hope is really what people need. And we don't know when the finish line is. And mm -hmm. uh, but we do know there is a finish line. Right. We, we do know that at some point this will end. And that does bring some sort of hope. The question is, is, um, you know, where where is that finish line? And so you know, I know I speak on behalf of of your your team and your family and the clients that you continue to serve. That you know, you being so resilient and all the other entrepreneurs that are out there who just refuse to to give up to give and up. refuse to throw in the towel, refuse to get off of the treadmill, mm -hmm. um, and they're staying in the fight. Um, that you know. God bless them because there are so many people who, who need what, what you have to offer and they need um, that strength and that hope and that, that resilience that you are providing um, and the leadership component of it too. So I know I speak on behalf of, of all of those that you're serving um, when, um, when we just have extreme amount of gratitude um, to you and, and all the other entrepreneurs for that. Um, and so with that said, um, the future's bright for Elite Spartans. There's no question it about is. that. It's just it a is. matter of when we can get back to that 900% growth curve yeah. because the government gets out of the way and the data starts really driving the decision-making and, um, and uh, we, can, we can continue to serve our, our clients. Um, where can people find you? 
they can find us at elitespartans.com, elitespartans.com, or they can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Elite Spartans, um, just Elite Spartans. Yeah. Uh, you can find us there, Google, Yelp, all the reviews that we have. Uh, so we're strong, we're good. Uh, I hope uh, the, the rest of the entrepreneurs and, and business owners out there keep fighting and keep being resilient, man, because that makes a big difference. Uh, I know a lot of them and it's, uh, it's hard, right? But we got to keep fighting for what we believe in. I believe in health and fitness and I believe in helping people and helping my community and helping my employees. And, and I know that will pay off. Yeah. I know definitely that's going to pay off. Yeah, there's no question that on the other side of this, we're all going through, those of us that stay in the fight and continue to, to push are going through uh, some of the, the best personal professional development um that we possibly could that is what this is this is offering us in a yeah. major way and so on the other side of this um the businesses that that are still around are going to um they're going to thrive and they're going to thrive in a major I'm way sure. because we're going to be able to deploy all the messages or, or, or lessons that um, we've learned along the way and so um i agree 100 percent with you well that's awesome so folks, we appreciate you tuning in and go and visit the elitespartans.com. Look up Alex, see what he has to offer. He's got a very inspiring story and is helping out um, many, many people with the messaging and um, what is happening at his locations. If you like this podcast, please go on and give it a five-star review. Take a picture of that and send it to your friends so that they can also partake. We appreciate you tuning in. Until next time, thanks for stopping by.